This is Two Pods. And a microphone. This is Dr. Michelle McGowan. And Dr. Tim Henney. Bringing you the third in our podcast series of Two Pods and a Microphone. We've had a slight delay since the last podcast as our kids are getting back into school. So we've had a little blump in our social lives. Yes, but it's 7.20. All three kids are in bed. So here we are, back in business. We are... um pleased today to actually talk about something we think is pretty important for women's health and some men too who definitely enjoy getting manicures and pedicures. Absolutely. All right, so today we're talking about is your pedicure killing you, which our last podcast, if you listened, or our last blog was titled, Are Your Feet Safe in the Water? Which is pretty funny because we were talking about uh, your feet safe in the water with sharks and never really mentioned the word killing. Now that we're talking about the uh, beauty industry, we're worried about dying. <laughs> yes. So what we did was we tried to put together some interesting kind of facts and numbers and maybe some things you don't know about the water you're putting your feet in when you go for a pedicure. Or the instruments or the technicians themselves. Right. How are those technicians trained? Where are they from? Do they have a real license? Or do they even sterilize any of their instruments? Or... Do they even have to? More importantly, do their standards of sterilization really keep up with the standards of keeping you safe? So, Dr. Henny and I have been in private practice in Claremont, Florida, which is just a, a nice little town outside of Orlando for the last 13 years. And I can tell you in the last 13 years, I've seen tons of problems that have occurred from people who've had pedicures and gotten ingrown nails and infections in the nail, fungal infections in the nail, or infections, bacterial infections in the skin. How about you, Tim? Yes, I'm always find it amusing when patients come in and they're worried about the fungus they got from a nail salon. But then you go and you educate them about all the other possibilities they can get. And when they leave, like, oh my gosh, I hope I'm not going to die. Which is actually yeah kind of realistic. I tell all my <laughs> patients when they come in and they're so upset because they got nail fungus from a uh, pedicure, I always tell them, you are so lucky. This is like not the worst thing. In fact, it's one of the least worst things, if that's a phrase you can use <laughs> from, uh, from a pedicure. Because fungus, though fungus is difficult to treat and it takes a long time, it's not going to kill you. That's one of those things where we definitely... Um, we say when you have fungus, you're kind of lucky compared to the people that we've seen in the last 13 years. Definitely. There's much worse things you can have than an ugly-looking toenail. Yeah, I always tell the story of uh, I had a patient about four years ago, five years ago. She was 36 years old, just came from a pedicure three days prior, and the tech had used an instrument on the bottom of her foot that caused her to get an infection in her skin right before where her toes bend. She actually had to come in. I had to admit her to the hospital and I had to take her to the operating room three times, flushing out bacteria and dead tissue. But that's because we're all about limb salvage. Absolutely. Anything you can do to prevent uh, getting any amputations or anything like that. And most of this could have been avoided by simple sterilization techniques or more importantly, not allowing somebody to cut on your feet when you go to a nail salon. Well, yeah, there's, there's actually a, an instrument, and I'll, I'll put it on our blog, 
I can put a picture of it. Um, it's a certain type of blade that you might see in a lot of different nail salons that they'll use to scrape tissue off the bottom of your heel. I'll put that, I'll put that on our blog because they're not supposed to use it. It's illegal, I think, in every single state. So if somebody comes at you, I agree with Tim. It doesn't matter what they're coming at with you at the bottom of your foot. You, you really shouldn't let them do anything. And I think it's important to state that this patient <clears throat> uh, wasn't diabetic, had nothing else wrong. He's a completely healthy person. That's not like, oh, they had something else going wrong. Right. You know, one of the things that in our blog this week we talk about is um, Dr. Spaulding. Robert Spaulding Jr. is a podiatrist who he wrote this book, nonfiction, called Death by Pedicure. And in this book, he basically kind of calls out the nail industry, right, Tim? Absolutely. He talks about how there's really was no sterilization, no autoclaving or anything really done. Well, it's a very, um, it's not a very limited or very regulated profession. So we learned about that actually in the last couple of years because we did open a little um, nail spa in our office just because we didn't want people who were getting treated for different things to go back and wind up getting reinfected from these places. But he basically called out the nail, nail salon industry. And what he talks about is how there's only really two states that require the nail salons to autoclave, which is if you want all of the bloodborne pathogens that could cause you any harm to be dead, you need to autoclave them. Yeah, that's what they do at the hospitals for tools. It's, <laughs> it's what we do in our, in our office. office. You don't just stick it in the blue juice and hope something good happens. That's right. not what you should do. So so basically, the only two states, if you're listening closely, you most likely do not live in one of them. <laughs> one is Iowa, and the other is... Texas. Texas. So that is a... If you're in New Jersey or you're in Florida, they're both very long commutes. Well, I think it's also important... To, why does Texas have this rule? Because as Dr. Spalding wrote in his books, that's where one of the persons died from having the original ones. And there was a couple deaths associated within a short time. So that's why they actually, Texas went and looked at, uh, maybe we should do something about this. Yeah, it was a it was a story of uh, Kimberly Jackson. She was a paraplegic who went into a nail salon on a regular basis. And this last time that she went in, the nail tech had used a I don't know if it was a pumice stone. I think it was a pumice stone. It's something that she had. She had a callus on the bottom of her foot. The nail salon had used the the tech had used a pumice stone on her that they'd used on someone else, and Miss um, Jackson actually wound up dying not soon after from complications from a bacterial infection from being septic. She had a heart attack, and it all stemmed from her infection infection from her foot from a pedicure. So it's very dangerous. Now, some people out there might be thinking, well, I'm not paraplegic and I can feel. And I will tell you, I do go back to my patient who was 36 years old, no comorbidities, nothing else wrong with her. She went for this pedicure, wound up, and unlike, and this should probably scare the holy heck out of you more, unlike Kimberly Jackson, who was paraplegic and maybe didn't feel the infection, my patient, who was healthy, felt every mother-loving painful part of that process. She felt the bacteria eating away at the bottom of her foot. So for me, that's a much scarier even... She almost lost part of her foot, and there was nothing wrong with her. She could have been in the same position as Kimberly Jackson, had it not been caught and treated, I think, as quickly as it was. Exactly. 
if I remember right, that patient had to go and get IV antibiotics. It's not like they just went to the hospital for a couple of days and left. It involved some couple surgeries they're in the hospital for this is your patient so it's not a matter of oh here's your pills and go away it's not a big deal i mean there's some long-term issues with these things oh yeah i mean and you figure this lady who went in for a pedicure came out with an infection she was in the hospital for about two weeks where i took her to the or to the operating room at least three times before i felt that we'd gotten all the yucky bad infected tissue out but she was healthy, and yeah, there were ramifications of that as well. You worry, she still might worry down the line if there's any problems because of that. I mean, I definitely, you're going to possibly have nerve damage from having to go in there and fillet out all the bad tissue. And I guess the issue with the nail salons is when, when I talk to patients, I explain to them the big three areas how they get infections. I always tell them, well, you, you always, number one is the paint. When they're done using that paint, what do they do? I put it back on the shelf. So you're sharing that paint with everybody else. Well, it's not the number one. I would, I'd like to interject. That's not the number one way people get. It's one of the many things that can cause some type of contamination. But number one is usually the files that you're going to get something from and the instruments. Yeah, I was going to say instruments would be number two. Number three, the bathtub itself. There's I'm just saying the order is not necessarily that. The, bad, the the water itself is probably, if you're putting in order of where people get bad stuff, the water is probably number one. Because most of these tubs are there, they have pipes and tubes and drains where crap gets stuck in them. And you're sharing it with other people because they don't use liners or sterilizers. And then right. most people, most women who go to get a pedicure, one of the number one things that women can walk out is with that um, mycobacterium tuberculosis. And that is, I will also put pictures of that on our blog. Another thing to probably scare the crap <laughs> out of you. Um, but that's a lot of times when women go, we want to go and get our pedicures, probably have something we have going on that day. And we may have shaved our legs in the last 24 hours. That is one of the big things. <laughs> the big number um, of infections are from the water and people get that. And it's something that doesn't have to be limb threatening, but it's something you treat. For months and months and months. It does not go away easily. It's not like you take a pill and it goes away and there's not a cream to rub on. I have patients who have come in and I've said, what are these scars on your legs? And I don't know. If you ever see ladies in the office, Tim, who are frequent pedicure ladies, you might every once in a while see these ladies and they'll say, oh, I've never gotten a pedicure after that. Yeah, they, they and it's always, well, I went to this place that I thought was going to be really fancy and expensive and the price doesn't matter if you're not sterilizing your tools. The nail tech that works in our office is um, really phenomenal. She's going back and getting her like medical podiatric assistant tech. It's a lot of, a lot of extra words in there, but license. And um, she's a certified nail tech. She's been working in the industry for over 11 years. And I don't know if I told you this, Tim. I talked to her on Thursday. So she worked at a very high-end salon in Central Florida. The company itself had a lot of money. And one of the things, and they picked good people. They picked people like her because they wanted somebody who was professional, who was good. But they did not support in any other way than just hiring the right people, I guess. There was no autoclave. There was only a certain amount of instruments so when she went, she goes, well, we used to do the cold sterilization. 
and she said that it never sat in there for, for the length of time. If they ever got blood on the instruments, it only sat there and long enough to kind of was what they felt like it was clean enough. So I that's, can't see it anymore. <laughs> I think if there's blood on an instrument if, and you want to actually do cold sterilization, I think it has to be like 20 hours like or 24 hours. hours. It's, it's a long period of time. But she said that the company couldn't afford a sterilizer, an autoclave. And I just laughed because if I could <laughs> tell you the name of the company, you'd roll over laughing. But um, We did mention Central Florida. Central Florida. <laughs> Something in Central Florida a lot of people come to. But anyway, so for her, she always felt bad about it. Now she works in a little cute little room in our office. This is not a shameless plug for our spa, but if you don't want to get infected, come come to Seabrook. It's a long haul from the West Coast. (laughs) But if you live in Central Florida, come see her. She's lovely. But Brooke feels very happy to be in our environment because everything is sterilized. Just much more um, safer for the patients, for clients. So I guess, Dr. Miguel, now as that patient is asking, well, how do I know if my salon place is safe or not? Uh, what should I look for? And I, I usually say, well, number one, look for the instruments that come out. Just because they're in one of those bags doesn't mean it was sterilized. You can clean the tool, throw in that little bag, and if it's not autoclave, you don't know. But most of those little things have color codes on them. So I usually tell them, ask them for the bag. If they give you the bag, either figure it out on your own or bring it here, I'll tell you if it's autoclave or not. If they won't give you the bag, run out of there. I have a better story. So when I was kind of developing the idea of opening a spa in our office, big pain in the neck, really. I mean, it's not it's a pain in the neck for us, yes. but it's great. Patients love it. But when I was doing that, I did a little field research, and, and I'll talk about two things that you talked about. One, the bags. I actually, with an employee, went to about six different salons in Claremont, Florida, nail salons. So if you live here, you probably could rule out some of them because it's not that many. But we went to about six different salons, and what I had asked was, hey, can you show me your autoclave? And I was in normal people clothes. And every person I asked to show me their autoclave showed me their towel warmer. And in the towel warmer were instruments. So not only were they not autoclaving the instruments, they were using like hot instruments on people's toes. Which makes me wonder if they thought they were autoclaving or just they thought they could fool you. (laughs) I don't know. But that was very eye-opening for me because all six, I would say almost all six, maybe four out of the six showed me a towel warmer as an autoclave. And I was like, that's a towel warmer. I'm like, you go now. <laughs> and then the other two just, they didn't, they said they had an autoclave, but then it was off premises. I didn't understand that. Then the other thing was the nail polish you were talking about. How they use, it gets worse than just them reusing nail polish. You think about it. I can't believe people go for manicures in the same place that you can get a pedicure. Yes. Because that polish If I, again, I'll put pictures on our blog of different types of toenails that walk in to our office that are painted from pedicures. And, uh, you know, we take the nail polish off and we treat their their fungus. But these nails, that same polish, they use on people's fingernails. So I also have seen a ton of people with fingernail fungus. How many people have you seen? I see it all the time. 
and people just keep going back. I, the, the need to feel pretty overcomes the need to be safe or to not get infected. But the polish, the polish is when I looked up trying to find polishes that aren't going to cost me an arm and a leg. Yeah, I did some internet searching. And when I did some internet searching, I found like out of Vietnam or Thailand, I found polish for like 10 cents a bottle. But of course it had like arsenic and, you know, whatever, formaldehyde and all those phthalates, all the bad stuff in it, which is even worse because that actually starts to damage your nail. I wound up sticking with a American manufacturer and it's all safe and more expensive, unfortunately <laughs> for us, but the clients are safe. Our patients are safe and it, it just makes it better, a whole better experience. And, and another easy way to know if your pedicure is safe. So number one, it's instruments. Uh, you can also worry about your paint. And number three is putting your feet in that little tub. They do make liners. Most of those chairs have custom liners you can build it, you can buy out. But if not, they have little like big bags you can put in it. So you're not sharing that bathtub with anyone else. You know what though? And I talked to Brooke, our pedicurist, the other day. I think the liners are totally bogus. And this is why. It does not matter. The water gets inside the liner. So if they have not sterilized that tub, I, you know, they I They still have to clean the tub, but it's but, better than do nothing. But it, I think it's like a false sense of security. I feel like it's, it's like wearing a condom with uh, holes put in it. <laughs> I feel like you're still going to get other people's heebie-jeebies from it. There's no way around it. And, and that might be, I am a germaphobe. You will learn that over time about me. Tim already knows. But I don't think it, it's still that water's in there. I, that's why I think even most places they have like the lights they put on with the bubbles. So you don't see everybody else's fungus and dead tissue dancing around inside your liner or outside. It's still there, you know. That's what I think. I think it's a false sense of security in all, in all intents and purposes. And then last but not least, what I tell my patients is, well, next time you're going to go get your nails done, go get a cup of coffee or an iced tea, whatever you want. Get there about an hour early, sit on a parking lot and watch how many people go in and out. And then after an hour of watching everybody going out, realize you're sharing a bathtub, instruments, and paint with all of those people if they're not doing what I just told you. And then they can, the people look at you like, oh my gosh, I'm never getting this done again. That's not a bad option if you can't find a safe place to go. Well, even like um, in that death by pedicure, one of the things, one of the stories uh, that Dr. Spalding talks about is a woman or a man, a man went in for a manicure and during the manicure, he had like a little cut in his cuticle and he was actually a patient who had hepatitis and the, the tech was chitty chatting with him, did his manicure she didn't have enough time to really wash the bowl for the next person to put their fingers in. And then she came back, kind of did a little rinse, didn't even try and sanitize or sterilize or whatever they do. And then a, another woman came in, put her fingers in that bowl. She happened to have a cut in her like skin near her finger and she wound up getting infected. Like that's messed up. Just saying. What can happen? Hepatitis is easy to get. Yeah. Yeah, I did... I did put together um, just, you know, what you need to know. Obviously, this is what I say. These are when patients ask me, and I think the take-home message is, 
if you want to go get a pedicure, number one, you want to go someplace that you know is as clean as it possibly can be. Number two, if they have an autoclave, that's where you should be. Number three, you don't want to shave 24 hours before your pedicure, especially if you're going to put your feet in the water. Um, I always tell people, if you really, because people say, well, where can I go? What can I do? I say, this is what you need to do. You need to go to the pedicure place. You need to bring all of your own instruments and files and nail polish. And whatever you do, don't put your feet in the water. <laughs> and fish is like, well, then I could just do it myself. I'm like, exactly. Even better. Exactly. <laughs> but that's it. People always ask me, like, oh, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to promote our own spa, but that's the only place I know. If you can show me somewhere else that has one, let me know. I'll, I'll go check it out. But I've never had anyone come back and say, oh, yeah, this place is great. They said you could come check it out. Yeah, I agree. I guess the take-home message, again, is just that pedicures are probably not your safest option unless you go to the Center Franklin Foot Care in Seabrook. <laughs> that, and if you have a problem, don't wait a week. Yeah. Go see somebody quick, ER, whatever you got to do. Yeah, if you go get a pedicure and your foot gets red, hot, swollen, or it's painful after the pedicure, you should get in and see a foot doctor because there's probably something they can do for you that, number one, is going to make you feel a whole lot better, but it's going to make you healthier a lot quicker. I don't recommend going back to the pedicure place and wagging fingers. It's just better to get medical attention because they're not going to fix you there. Agreed. They're not going to fix you there. All right. Well, I hope you uh, learned something here today from our uh, two pods. And a microphone. Uh, podcast. And if you have any questions, please feel free to go to our um, website, centerankleflipcare.com. Again, centerankleflipcare.com. And there, under our podcast section, is a quick comment. You can leave a comment to us. If you have any questions, we'll definitely answer them. And we hope you enjoyed our show. Take it easy. All right. Till next time.